0: thank you guys. But today uh, we're in the third part of a series entitled Thanksgiving. And uh, it, it's all about how we live a life of gratitude. When we live a life of gratitude, there are things that happen in our life that are fascinating. And week one, Bobby and I co-taught that week and we talked about when you live a life of gratitude, look at the min- mission and ministry that is accomplished by what happens in your own personal life and corporately in your church because it's fascinating all the things that that we have the opportunity to touch for the cause of Christ because of your gratitude but secondly gratitude last week we talked about how that leads into a gracious and sacrificial life a gracious life comes as a result of gratitude and today we want to talk about how gratitude propels us down this journey in our life and there are certain things that happen in our life as a result of gratitude. And those things that we're gonna talk about today, the Bible refers to them as fruits of the Spirit. Now to put all of this in context, uh, while we co-teach, it's imagine with, with this linear line, and so if we started on this end, and Bobby, you're on the other side of this continuum, let's just say over here is where you are right now with Christ. So it could be an infinite degree in numbers of which where you may be, right? But over here is where God wants to take you. Well, anywhere in this continuum, what's going to happen is we're going to leave a path or a trail along our way to become all God wants us to be. Now while we both have our our hands out, imagine with me, where do you stand on this continuum? Are are you completely over here, independent in your own mind and thinking and your own personal desire of what I want to be, or are you moving this way toward that which is all God wants you to be? to be, and so we really do believe that what happens is we leave a trail. Hmm. Like when I hiked on the Appalachian Trail, you could see what kind of people were ahead of you because of what they left behind. Well, the same is true in our spiritual life. When we choose to say, God, I need you, I want you, I call on your name and ask Jesus to come into our life, we begin this journey with Christ. But at the very outset, we receive a gift, not just eternal life, For heaven, not just for the abundant life of walking in the goodness of God, but we receive the gift of the third part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and we get the gift of God the Holy Spirit. So I know it's hard to wrap your head around that, but God in three parts, God the Father, Creator, God the Son, the Savior, God the Holy Spirit, our keeper, comes and lives and dwells inside of our life. Now when he does that, then we still have a choice. Think about this. Our choice began, God, I need you. Jesus, I accept you. And Holy Spirit, I turn you loose and surrender the, my life to your way and your will. So when we intentionally allow the Holy Spirit to go to work in our life, the Holy Spirit begins to produce these things in our life that we know as the fruits of the Spirit. All of them, gifts of the Spirit of God are all available and they're all ready for you to claim as yours. But the Holy Spirit is going to let you choose whether you let him rule your heart or whether you're going to give him a little bit of it or none of it. Now, here's here's, here's the kicker. You ready? The Holy Spirit could take over your life and move you around like a puppet. But the Holy Spirit allows you to decide Mm. how much of him you want and how much of these gifts of the Spirit you want to live with. You make that choice. Mm. So Bobby, get us started. If you're not familiar with it, there's a lot of places in
1: scripture that describe what it looks like to walk with Jesus Mm -hmm. and what that fruit looks like. But when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, oftentimes the passage that comes to mind is Galatians chapter five. So check out the screens. or Follow along in your Bible, but here's what it says in Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against Mm. these things." So, as you think about this and the gap that we're talking about, this continuum, this is a great way to ask the question: How am I doing spiritually? Am I becoming more like Jesus? Am I seeing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Am I seeing that fruit in my life or not? What's interesting is that when you dig into verses like this, the word fruit is literally in the original language, actually a singular word. Mm -hmm. In other words, these aren't separate characteristics. These are not things that you can just sort of pick off the shelf and say, well, I'm gonna grab this one, but not this other one. But it's this idea that the more that we submit to God in our life, the more we walk with him daily, these fruit
0: are going to begin to show up in our lives. Yeah, what's cool about that continuum is that while it is a journey we're on and while we are moving closer to living like Christ, or that's what God has designed for us, it's cyclical how we get there. Yeah. It's not like, it's kind of like, well, you, you, I can't grab one of them and put a check mark to it and say, yep, okay, I'm doing done. good on the patience part, but forget the self-control. Right. Because they, they come as a package. And if you think about it as a wheel, it is we move down this continuum as we continue to wheel our way toward becoming more like Christ. So you don't get one, you get the whole, you get the whole load.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the big idea to start this morning and thinking about these fruit. The fruit of the spirit are produced by the spirit. Mm. not by us let that sink in for a second the fruit of the spirit are produced by the spirit of God himself not by Christians not by believers see one of the things that happens is oftentimes if we're not careful we try to live from the outside in we Mm -hmm. take this list and we say all right I'm going to try to build love in my life I'm going to try to build patience and peace and kindness there's nothing necessarily wrong with trying to conform with these things but true fruit starts from the inside out yeah It starts when we surrendered our heart and our lives to Jesus and we begin to walk with him daily. These things begin to come out of our life. They come from the overflow of our hearts. And honestly, there are probably seasons in your life, if you're like me, where there are seasons where the fruits comes more naturally. And then there are seasons that I get off track and then I stop and I'm like, man, I don't see the fruit. And so I need to get back to ground zero when it comes to my faith. And so as we launch in, here's what 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. But God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Mm. And so part of today's teaching is to say there's fruit that comes from walking with Jesus. But just like a garden where you're trying to plant something and grow something, there's some weeding out that we need to do. In other words, we're responsible to what Pastor Chuck was saying. We can choose to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit or we can fight against them. But man, if we want true fruit, we need to watch out for temptation. We need to stand against it and allow him to produce this kind of fruit inside of us.
0: Yeah. So as as we kind of give the spirit more control over our lives, he begins to do in us and through us. all all that he can and wants to do, to shape us, to grow us, to look more like Christ. So Paul writes to the church in Corinth in the second Corinthians, he says, beginning in verse 17, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of, of the Lord. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So since God's goal for all of his kids is for us to be more like Jesus, the Holy Spirit constantly is working within us to clean our lives, or like you said, kind of weed out the garden in our life so that we can display his fruit. Don't miss the key point Bobby was saying. Believer, this is not about your ability. This isn't about whether you can be super Christian or not or look like the super Christian. Because listen, as a believer, you get to pick these things. I want the Spirit of God to control my life and it happens every single moment. Every moment of your day, You're choosing, am I going to allow the Spirit of God control and lead my life? When you think about love and I think about these other fruits, I'm reminded that the presence of the fruit of the Spirit is evidence that our character is becoming more like Christ. Hmm. So we, as, as we go down this continuum in life, we are leaving something in our path, and Paul says it's these nine characteristics that describe the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians, which starts with? Love, love. Because true biblical love is a choice, not a feeling. Hmm. All That's right, I, I wanna make sure you get that. True biblical love is a choice, not a feeling. You say, Chuck, if I could just bottle up that one song I can listen to all day long, then I could walk with Jesus. Now that's a feeling, that's not a choice. That is an attitude that I need to feel like I need to cry when I meet God. But the fact is, you can meet God right in the middle of your board meeting, but the fact is, it is a choice, not a feeling. It deliberately expresses itself in loving ways and always seeks the welfare of others. Let me say it again, it always, biblical love always expresses itself in loving ways and it seeks the welfare of others because biblical love is dependent, is, listen to this, is dependent on character. Well, where is my character grounded and founded to be more like Christ? In God, in the Son, in the Spirit. I get to choose, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna let you exercise that freedom in my life, and it's going to be evident as I move myself cyclically down this continuum. Love chooses to set aside our own preferences, desires, orthodoxy, and anything else that can be a stop in the conduit of the Spirit of God moving freely within our life. Philippians says in chapter two, is there any encouragement from belonging in Christ? I love this passage because the cool teaching when I heard this and learned this was that Paul's not saying, hey, is there any encouragement from belonging in Christ? Yeah. I mean, it's a definitive statement. It's a declarative statement that says, dude, if there's any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit, our hearts are tender and compassionate. It means like it's a declaration he's not questioning, he's stating because Again, when the spirit of God is turned loose to lead you in your life, listen to verse two. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. That really is a choice. I'm gonna choose
1: love. I'm gonna to choose to put other people first. The second yeah. fruit that he describes in Galatians It's not just love, but then the second one is just that one little word, joy. Mm -hmm. One little word, joy. And what joy literally means in the Greek is it means to have gladness and delight. Now, that doesn't sound too much different than the world's use of joy, but the distinction is there's a difference between happiness and joy. Yeah, Right? Happiness, the way I heard it described as a kid was that happiness depends on happenstances right circumstances it's something external so as long as everything's going well then i'm happy when things start falling apart then i'm unhappy that's sort of what the world has but when you have the holy spirit living inside of us what begins to happen is our uh the the focus of our life is less about the external and it's more about who's living inside of us and so happiness gets replaced with joy Happiness depends on happenstance, but joy depends on our walk with Jesus. Mm. What that means is, the more that we walk with Him, the less uh, the less internal grief we feel when the world around us yeah. is going crazy. Yeah. we find joy even in the midst of hard times. We find mm. joy as we lean and we cling to Him. That kind of joy comes yeah. from Jesus. Now, because the way
0: you describe that, it's it's like a uh, uh, it's like a stalwart. It's like a, when the world around us is swirling, you grab hold of this joy. And it is, it is there that, that withstands all the circumstances around us. We're yep. hanging on to it, knowing yep. it's, it's permanent. Yep.
1: Yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. mean
0: that we don't still
1: feel the results of everything around right. us, but it's this decision. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to abide mm. in him. And we become less reactionary and we become more intentional.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: for this kind of joy to happen, it really is grounded in the fruit. It's not something we can produce ourselves. Here's just to remind us, here's what Jesus says in John 15, verse five, he says, yes, I am the vine Mm -hmm. and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So for this to happen, our job is to abide in him. Our job is to remain in him. If you do, he says, you will, uh, you will produce much fruit, but apart from me, you can do how much? You can do nothing. And so this idea of joy, it comes from this relationship with Jesus, abiding with him, abiding with him, abiding with him. And that when we find ourselves spinning out of control to say, I'm going to come back to him, I'm going to, I'm going to abide, abide, abide. And right behind joy comes this other word, peace. Yeah. Peace. Not peace like the world gives us, but a peace that, that, that transcends the trouble around us. This idea that there can be peace in the middle of drama. See, there's this reminder that the world can't give this kind of peace. Right. I mean, if you watch the news or if you look at the headlines and you get sucked into social media, there's not a lot of peace out there. No. I mean, there's just people that are angry, that are just going off. There's people that are cutting people off in traffic, honking evil gestures. And that's just getting out of the church parking lot on Sundays, right? I mean, that's just hillcrash, crash right? Yeah, usually
0: folks sit over there. Oh,
1: yeah. Let's look over here for a second. Um, There's not a lot of peace in our world. But Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, Mm. peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and do not be afraid. Yeah. Man, how many of us could use a good dose of that peace today? Boy, me and you, I know uh. that. we could just be able to rest in him, to sleep yeah. well at night, to put our head on our pillow and have that peace inside of us. Here's what Paul wrote in Philippians 4. He says in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. He said, I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's so powerful. Most of the time, if I'm honest, prayer is like the last result. Yeah, yeah. Like I've done everything yeah, yeah. I know what to do. Now I guess all we can do is pray. Yeah. How many times do we say that? There's nothing else to do but pray. And Paul says, No, you heat with that. Pray about everything. Yeah. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. It will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Mm. That is so powerful. I I tried just applying that today on the the car car ride into church today, about that 20 minutes I was in the car. I was just talking out loud, telling God what's on my heart. And man, I'm telling you that peace guards our heart and it guards our minds. So love, joy, joy. Peace and probably our favorite, patience. Patience. How many of you have been told don't pray for patience?
0: Because yeah, I'm telling you, if the Lord gives it to you, you're going to be a radically different human. Clearly, I haven't gotten this one down, Pat. Well, how does He give
1: us patience? It's like trial after <laughs> trial after trial. Yeah, trial after pray.
0: trial. Yesterday, Jenny and I were way home from moving uh, one of our daughters once again, and um, and so we decided to call into a restaurant. There's no pick bitterness up some food. in that, was there? A, a touch, yes. Yeah. And um, but I said it in love, so scratch it all off. So uh, so we decided we'd order it at this restaurant, and pick it up, and bring it home for dinner. And the girl that answered the phone clearly wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. And after about the fourth time she asked my name, it sounded like this. "Chop!" <laughs> Doesn't that sound to you like how a pastor responds? respond? I mean, in the name of Jesus. What? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, and, and Jenny, being so gracious, she kind of leaned over and she said, I think your blood sugar's tanking. <laughs> Which is her way of saying, shut up. <laughs> you know, we don't see a lot of patience in the world, not even in the church. Maybe part of the reason is our fast paced, want it now culture. But Christians have everything we need to be patient because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, longing to display his character to those around us. So, patience. Yes, it happens inside of us, but like all these other fruits of the Spirit, everybody around us experiences them. Mm. Are you the person like I am in our family that when I don't display this, it's not just what's happening in me, it is ruining what's happening around me? Mm. And when this happens, we have an opportunity here to choose to receive God's gift of patience. The New Testament connects patience with the sharing of the gospel. God is patient as He waits for the lost people to come to Him, according to 2 Peter. And He calls his people to be patient as we extend the offer of salvation in Christ to everyone else. The Lord isn't really about being slow. We think that because His promise sounds like it, and we may not be experiencing all of it, but he doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. He wants everybody to have an opportunity to experience him. And part of this is what we learned in patience. But I want to remind you once again, like every one of these, you cannot cherry pick them. And let me tell you another thing. You can't instill them on your own into somebody else. This is about your heart. This is about your soul. This is about your journey cyclically moving down this continuum from where we are to where God wants us to be. We choose whether we let the Spirit of God reign in our heart, and if we do, these things start happening, including kindness and goodness. Hmm. Now, you know, Bobby, that that does not, our world doesn't recognize that, yeah. and when our world sees it, we often see it as weakness. Well, I'm gonna get my own, and I'm gonna you know, That's what our world sounds like. You don't, I mean, literally just listen to talk show radio I mean, we're just mad at everybody, and believers are like it. Like Christians, we love Jesus, and we're gonna let you know about it, you know? And it's it's like the other night, we went to the Hillsong concert, Um, and I love it. You got these dudes that stand up on the wall outside of State Farm Arena, and they are just screaming at the top of their lungs with this megaphone about how much they love God, and how bad we are for going in the concert. Hmm. And and as I walked by them, I thought about this, and I thought, that doesn't sound like kindness. Yeah. It doesn't sound like goodness yeah, because see, we know it when it's happening within us and people around us know it too because they're experiencing it. The characteristics of kindness and goodness are closely related. Together, they present a picture of someone who not only possesses goodness but integrity, but also generously expresses it in the way they act toward others. This goodness in action reflects God's kindness and goodness toward us. See once again, what we learn is this. It's not on us, it's what he does in us when we surrender our will to his. Paul wrote in the Ephesians to chapter two, verse seven, show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us for all eternity.
1: Hmm. Right behind this comes the one little word, faithfulness. Faithfulness, to be faithful means to be reliable. To be trustworthy this is one of the fruits that as we allow christ to change us from the inside out we quit having as many high highs and low lows in our life and we become more consistent on this continual over the long haul now there's a difference between being faithful and being perfect you get that right sometimes we try to be perfect and i'm not telling anybody don't it's just not going to happen. I mean, hello, when you walked in the building today, the side of the building says this is the perfect place for folks that aren't. aren't. That's right. And so it's this reminder that none of us have arrived. None of us are there. If we're not dead, then God's not done. If there's still breath in our lungs today, we're still on this continual. And yeah. here's the idea. If we can't be perfect, let's at least try to be faithful. Yeah. If we can't be perfect, let's be consistent let's say every single day as best as I can today, God, I'm about to get up and I'm going to launch into my day as best as I can. I want to live for you. And when we go to bed at night to say, God, as best as I could, I tried to live for you. There's some things that went well. There's some things that didn't, but as best as I can. And man, what happens over time is we become a faithful follower of Jesus. Mm. And the best person that modeled us was Jesus. I mean, he went through every trial and every you know, form a drama you could have gone through. Yeah. And yet he stayed faithful. And so it's this reminder for us to be faithful. right? In a similar way, before Christ, we were faithful to our own desires, but on the other side of Christ, to be faithful for living for him. Here's what it says in 2 Thessalonians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Uh, it says, dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but to thank God for you mm-hmm. because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing, we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance. And here's hmm. that word, faithfulness, and all persecutions and hardships you are suffering. So this goal is not perfection, but faithfulness. And right behind faithfulness becomes this next word, gentleness hmm. and meekness. Now, similar to what Pastor Chuck was saying a few minutes ago, sometimes gentleness and meekness get seen in our world as weakness. Right. But when you look at the life of Christ, Jesus was both gentle and he was meek, but he was not weak, but he took all of his power and he had it under control. So there were seasons when he held back when he could have lashed out. There are other times when he got uh, angry in a holistic and a holy way and, and lived that out. And so meekness is not weakness, but it's taking the power of God and putting it under control. One of the ways I've heard this described as grace of the soul. Yeah, I love that picture. This idea of being a grace-filled person yeah. that begins to give that out. Here's what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. He says, the Lord's servant will correct his opponents with gentleness. Mm. It is possible to confront opponents in this world in a God-centered sort of way. And again, if you just look at social media and the news outlets, we don't have a lot of great examples of that. Yeah. And so that's why every single time it's, it's a great habit just to say, how would Jesus handle this? Right, right, what right. would that look like? What would it look like to appropriately address something with both gentleness yeah. and meekness? In Galatians, uh, Paul describes it as the spirit of gentleness. Right. In Ephesians chapter four, he says, always be humble, always be gentle, be patient with each other and make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. A couple of weeks ago, I was on the way to church, and uh, it seems like a few times this year there have been different road races. So, cyclists out doing some race on McEver, Peachtree Industrial, and I was on my way to church. I was running late and I was getting stopped by uh, the the people that were helping with the race. I'd make it a few more miles down the road, then get stopped again. A few more miles, get stopped, have to wait for all the cyclists to go by. And by the end, I was getting frustrated by it. I was like, I got to get to church. I'm running late. I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And then one of the people that was directing traffic did one of these numbers where he had one hand up saying stop and the other hand saying come. Yeah, yeah. You got to love that. And so which one did I interpret? I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the,
0: the left hand on this one. Oh, I wish I had dash cam pictures. And that. so
1: I started going and he got frustrated with me, which in turn, I was already frustrated. And so I rolled my window down. It's not a proud pastor moment. And shot him. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. That is My not bad. the fruit of this year. Yeah. So I said, bro, you, you, one hand was saying stop, the other hand was saying go. And so I was a little agitated. He, he was like, bro, he, he said, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying. And so I, I was like, but you were doing two different things. And then he said to me, I'm just doing the best I can. And it's like.
0: <laughs> what an awful pastor you are. I know. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs>
1: Should I I pull out my vest? (laughs) No. (laughs) But this one little phrase made me think of it. Make allowance for each other's faults. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's human. Yeah. Everybody's human. And just like I want people to make allowances for my faults, because I know there are plenty of them. Why shouldn't we do that for other people? Mm. Now, if somebody is taking advantage, that's a a different conversation. I'm saying more times than often, we can extend people grace. We can be Mm. gentle. We can have meekness extend it to other people, yeah. which leads right into this next one, self-control. Yeah, which
0: is self-control. I, I, I'm speaking on this as if I have done this. All right. But this last characteristic in Paul's description of the fruits of the spirit point us back to the list of the works of this world or the works of the flesh. Those of us with the indwelling Holy Spirit have the strength to control our sinful desires and how we respond to what the world offers us. Now, oh, you do me a favor, put your hands like this. I promise you, I'm not gonna do you, here's some people, here's I'm not gonna do that, right? <laughs> just put your hands together, now watch this. Let's, let's believe this is a tree trunk, all right? This is your tree trunk, and the tree trunk is your life, and inevitably, it forks. So go ahead and let, let your tree fork. There you go. if your hands don't bend that way, just like that, it's okay. All right, so when you do that, this block right here where this, from right at the beginning of where it forks, all the way up here, before you get off onto the tangents in your life and the choices you make, this is what, what the Lord offers us, is this three to four second opportunity to say, am I going to choose this where I know I'm going to deal with anxiety and frustration and failure and, and all of the things that wrap me up in, 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 a, in, a, in a, just a pile of mess, or am I going to choose this, this direction where I'm going to know and experience the blessing of God? We get to make that choice, and this is the God moment in our life that He gives us, which is self-control. Living through this holiday season is not easy for most of us. For many of us, it is a struggle. It's a challenge. It's why this blue Christmas service exists, but we have the opportunity to say yes or no to the world by whether or not we're gonna choose the right fork, which is God, or not. You say, well, how do I make that choice? Chuck, if I could ever get that figured out, I'd have it figured out. Watch this, in that box, you choose this one thing. Holy Spirit, give me direction, give me discernment, give me wisdom, and when I choose him to lead my life instead of just my emotions, I'll go in the right direction. So see, it is all about your choice in trusting Him. You're going to determine, will you leave a path of garbage, pollution, pain, anxiety, anger, frustration, incivility, and hate, or will you leave a path of love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Or more simply, will you leave a path that leads to life in abundance and for eternity, or will you leave a path of selfishness, sin, and suffering. And the beauty is, is that the Spirit of God given to you as a believer wants to continually let you ask for Him to reign on your heart. And when you don't, the growth stops, the blessings stop, and as Bobby mentioned earlier, the peace stops as well. But this is what it looks like. And when I look across the landscape of human suffering, bitterness, bigotry, hateful attacks, and evil attitudes, I see a world desperate for the fruits of the Spirit of God to be displayed in believers' lives, in our churches, in our homes, in our schools, in our businesses. We are in desperate need of that. And this is what God wants to give you. And it's all you got to do is receive it. These fruit
1: literally have the ability to change the trajectory of your life. Yeah. If you think about that picture of the tree that forks, it starts by being rooted in Christ. And as we're rooted in Christ, that the nutrients of that relationship flow up yep. and through that tree and it begins to bear fruit. So let me give you a couple of just sort of action steps to think about today. You're like, all right, that's great. There's nine fruit of the spirit. The goal is for this fruit to be produced in my life through the Holy Spirit. Well, what do I do with this? Well, step one is choose to be grateful and activate gratitude in your life. Yeah, You can choose to be grateful. You can choose gratitude. Yeah. Uh, in our world, there's so many glass half-empty kind of people, and if we're not careful, we'll fall into that deal. I'm not saying ignore the stuff around you, but what I am saying is there's always something to be grateful for. Always. Some of you, as families, you gather around the dinner table at night, and you say you go around the table. You're like, all right, everybody, tell me what's one thing you're thankful for. And if you've got kids, you've all had that moment where the kid's like, I have nothing to be thankful for. Have you been there before? You've had that meal before. You're eating.
0: Shut up. I'm <laughs> And so then you have Once to get again, creative. If you
1: had one thing to be thankful for, what would it be? Yeah. It's this idea of priming the pump of gratitude. Mm. And there's a couple ways to do that. One is if you're a power Routine user, if you've got one of our devotional books, that's built into the framework yeah. to say, man, I want to start my day with gratitude. Maybe for some of you, you have the app, the five minute journal. Maybe it's something you do with your spouse at night, but be a person that says, I'm going to choose to be grateful. A second step is to take a hard look at what is left in your path. Pastor Chuck talked about this idea that people feel either the presence or the absence of these fruit in our life. That when we leave the room, what, what kind of aftermath do we leave? Do we leave drama or do we leave the sense of the spirit behind us? Do yeah. we leave uh, conflict or we leave gentleness behind us? Mm. So just sort of take a look and it actually may require you as you look at your life to, to have some conversations that, that say, I'm so sorry the way that I handled that or I apologize for acting in that way. That's not the way I want to be and just to own it step three which really could have been step one is to choose jesus and enjoy living in grace and freedom yeah that's where it starts it starts at the root you can't start with the fruit you have to start at the root to say i'm going to choose jesus and i'm going to live in his grace and i'm going to live in his freedom what that simply means is you don't have to have it all figured out Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a perfect person It just simply means I'm going to put my faith in Jesus himself, that I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he's alive today. And as best as I know how, I ask him to step out of heaven and into my heart. And I'm telling you that foundation begins to change everything. Yeah. Doesn't mean that life's going to be easy or perfect, but it does mean that you have a root system in the one that created you. And step four is to keep Jesus and his will for you right in front of you. In other words, remember that Every day matters. Every decision matters. And to choose to say, I'm going to keep this in front of me every single day. Are there going to be days that we get off course? Of course. I mean, if you've ever tried to live for Christ and then found yourself wandering away, that happens to all of us. So if that's happened to you, congratulations. You're human. Yeah. It's going to happen. But when we know better, we can do better. Yeah. We can course correct and say, man, I'm going to keep his will and I'm going to keep. Uh, his desires right in front of me every single day. I'm gonna choose to be grateful. I'm gonna look at what's in my path. I'm gonna choose Jesus every day and I'm gonna keep his desire right
0: in front of me. So why would you not want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness? Why wouldn't we want these things? Because these gifts are only present in the heart that is bent toward the heart of God. Hmm. So just to be clear as we wrap up, activate gratitude. Tomorrow morning, God, I'm grateful for. Secondly, inspect your own fruit. Look in the mirror and say, boy, how, how anxiety riddled is my life because I haven't chosen to let the Spirit of God reign on my heart. And surrender your heart to Christ so that you can keep His will constantly in your sight. So today, what we want to offer to you is that we believe everything starts with gratitude. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you died for me And you rose from the dead for me thank you i need you and i call on your name god i want to i want to own my own stuff but i can't overcome it without you i i want these gifts to be evident in my life but they are impossible apart from you so maybe today your first step is i'm just going to call on the name of jesus i need you maybe the second step is god i've been a believer and i followed jesus for dozens of years but I, I'm not activating these fruits of the Spirit. Spirit of God reign on my heart. Hmm. And then this, in, this intentionality to step out and say, I, I want the best possible season in my life, so Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. Hmm. Let's pray. Hmm. Friend, the, the beautiful thing about trusting Jesus is that He's faithful and joyous in giving you life in abundance and life eternal. And today you may say, well, I want to call on the name of Jesus. It's simple. Jesus, I call on you. I'm grateful that you gave your life, that I could have life. Would you step into my life, be my Lord. I want to live for you. And I want to thank you that you've come to give me life. And these fruits of the Spirit can live within my soul. And then maybe you've been here and you've been a Christian for years, but you You don't feel that sense that the Spirit of God is at work in your life and you just need to say, Spirit of God, just sit on my, sit on the throne of my heart and own my soul. And whatever that desire is for you today, I invite you into this life-altering relationship with Jesus our Lord so that you can walk in all of these extraordinary gifts. So God, thank you, we have the privilege to love you and serve you and receive these gifts as children of God. In the name of Jesus we pray.